new for 96 with your hosts Kevin McCauley and Chris Nguyen. I'm always a little disappointed when a singer, an artist, mm-hmm. doesn't look like what I think they look like. That's exactly, that's what this was. Yeah. Do you think people know what we look like based um, off of our voices? I think based it, off I, of our voices. I think it all adds up. Yeah, it probably does. <laughs> um, like, have you ever looked up uh, what the NPR um hosts look like in real life michelle norris yeah robert siegel um no michelle block nina toten bag <laughs> that's what they give out at the drives <laughs> nina toten bags um yeah now they looked like completely not what you think at all really yeah hmm. it's really weird i'm picturing delicious dish mm-hmm. yes <laughs> That's what they all look like. I don't. Know, I don't know how you can listen to NPR. I can't listen to NPR now. Why? Because they will play, like, bits of Trump speaking. Well, yes, they are and a I news. Outlet. Yeah, I can't listen to it. Oh my! I God. have a like gag reflex. You would not to be able to speak. You would not be able to listen or watch any news outlet to them. No, and I don't. Oh my God. Uh, Kevin, old Kevin Echo Chamber Macaulay. Yeah, that's what they um, call me. <laughs> anyways, shall we start this? I haven't actually tested the audio, so I have no idea, but I'm just going to go for it. Are we recording? Uh, it's hard to say. Oh, God. <laughs> I wasn't obesity shaming anyone. I was just, uh... Yep. <laughs> uh... Yeah, you're just... You're just turning around. Hey, uh, I didn't name names. Well, you kind of did. Mm. You named like several names. You were making fun of several people very directly. Uh, well, I did obesity shame our president, yes. Yes. Um, well, we're just going to have to go back and fill it in with audio. Alexa, delete the last five minutes of the recording. Worked perfectly. Excellent. Thank you for ordering like 30 pallets of diapers or something. <laughs> um, It'll go well with the other 30 pallets. Yep. Yep. Um, anyways, so welcome to another episode of New, New for 96. 96. My God. Never gets better. Um, <laughs> uh, how are you, Kevin? That's the tagline. Uh, I'm okay. Excellent. Well, end of end of episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Social interactions. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm fine, Kevin. <laughs> I just spent like, I, uh, you know, I spent like two hours today, um, working, ish on my car. Sort of working on the car. Like, I don't, I, I don't like saying that this was working on the car because it was anything mechanical. I, mm-hmm. I have a so on the. Carrera, the license plate lights are out, and uh, it's a fuse. Well, I suspected that it was a fuse, and um, like for an hour, I tried to get behind the fuse box um, because this is where the fuse is located, not in the fuse box, but behind it. So you have to remove the fuse box, or just remove more carpet? Uh, no, you have to remove the fuse box. You have to Ooh. unbolt it, um, and that's the thing is, I tried to dig it out. It actually took less time to. Uh, unbolt it than it did to try to fish it out like uh, without having to remove anything but um, I was just really afraid that once I removed the fuse box like I would somehow like yank on some wire somewhere that would disconnect like in a void oh that's what I would do yep yep uh, so uh, I removed the fuse box found the like it there is no reason for this one inline fuse to be behind the fuse box like sure there is this is all like stuff piggybacked on other systems and, and and all this like from 1963 and then they just like I make know. little changes and like patches and stuff but like what's dumb is that like so this is the only fuse that's located behind the fuse box everything else is located in the fuse box and i just like i kind of i 
I tugged on it a little bit and I was able to get it to sit outside of the fuse box or out from behind the fuse box because I needed to come back later. I have to come back later anyways to replace the fuse because uh, it's this small glass uh, fuse that the local shops don't carry for whatever reason. And uh, so... Because why would they carry anything for these stupid cars? Yeah. So I now have to... be specific, we're talking about your 1986-911 Carrera. In case anyone missed an Ebby. Yes. The one that um, I'd been looking... Well, I'd been looking for a very long time and... It came last week, and now I am knee-deep in projects. I think it's been like two weeks, and yeah. you said you've driven it 400 miles. I have driven it 400 miles. That's a lot for That's you. a lot for me. I don't think you've ever driven 400 miles in a span ever. this yeah. much time. I've never driven <laughs> cumulatively. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I just I drive in and around town a lot, and I'm already... How where, did you rack up 400 I'm miles? I'm already where I need to be because I'm so close to everything. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just was running errands, and it was a holiday, so I had to go, you know, see relatives and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I decided to keep the car out to just get a feel for it, mm-hmm. um, and to discover all what is wrong with it. And what the, have you discovered, both from the feel getting sense? Um, the car is pretty solid. Uh, I am very certain that I think the, the pedal box needs to be rebuilt. Um, because it's very creaky, and from what I have looked up, that's a pretty good indicator that um, there are certain bushings and or other things that thread the clutch cable um, uh, that like could cause its early demise uh, if not taken care of. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have it checked out to see if in fact it does need to. But I mean, if it's squeaky, like it's probably it needs some sort of addressing mm-hmm. um but uh other than that oh i also spent two hours today trying to uh replace the dash lights so the gauge lights i should say um because so i i when i got the car like i thought they were particularly dim and kevin's like oh that's just how they are they're just dim and illegible yeah and like, you don't want it outshining your headlights. Well, like, I thought it was too dim even for this car. And then, like, when I was driving on Friday, I, like, hit a rumble strip, like, a particularly aggressive rumble strip, and they got brighter, mm. like, um, to the point where I could actually read everything. And um, so there was something, it's probably a ground or something, I don't know. Um, but I decided to get these LED replacements anyways, uh, and... They are like the color temperature. It's like a warm white color temperature, so they're supposed to kind of mimic um, vintage lights, mm-hmm. but just be brighter. Although they are in fact like very bright. Um, it's not bad. It's just like I'm just so not used to seeing like these gauges so lit up. Um, mm-hmm. And since like every other light in the cabin is so dim, like they really stand out. You've been asking me for the past year. Yeah. You're, you're like, would you ever consider replacing these uh, lights in your gauges with LEDs? And I always say, no, I don't would care. You, yeah. Well, you should consider, considering that <laughs> half just, of your it's just half of your gauge bulbs are hanging under your dash and not actually lighting up the gauges. Yeah, slow and low. That's how I like it. Yeah. I. It's just no. I'm just. It's just funny how you how you approach the subject like hey would you ever consider doing this and you just asked me 14 times i know because over a year what i mean is kevin do it <laughs> but i don't care uh, i can read it can you yes i don't know um well now you can see all of my dials from several car lengths back so yeah. um it's like the mid the mid the like 2007 Honda Civic, where you can read their speed from oh, another yeah. car because it's like it's, it's not just on the top of the dash, but it's like a protrusion part above the dash. It is. I do like those Civics, but yeah, it's just funny to like see other people's speed. Yeah, I well, luckily these are still like dim enough to where like I don't think you'll really have that uh, no issue. No, no. However, um, so I had such a hard time getting these gauges out and all the stupid tutorials are like it's really easy just like tug on the front of the dial and it'll just slip out Mm -hmm. and like i got out trim tools i'm like 
prying and I'm, I even went out and bought like grip gloves uh, to see if I could get them loose. And finally, um, I was just so frustrated after an hour of like tugging and twisting and they didn't budge. Like I couldn't even get them to twist sideways. And uh, so I went and got a broomstick, opened up the front trunk, uh, peeled back some of the carpet until I could see, which I love the what? fact. I love that you can see the back of the gauges from the trunk. That is amazing. That's actually, that's incredible. So I got a broomstick and I started poking at it. And like, I figured like, oh, okay, if I'm pushing at it, it'll just kind of like start nudging itself. No, like I have to brace myself and push with considerable force to even just to get it to like budge out enough to where uh, it, this would be the oil pressure gauge um to where i could actually get my fingers behind uh the actual thing and pull and finally i got it free and it just i think maybe they replaced uh the gaskets at some point in time like so all nine these old 911 gauges have they're held in place by tension friction Mm -hmm. uh and they have rubber gaskets that form that friction in the dash and maybe these are brand new. Well, the dash is new, you said. The dash is new. Well, dash top is new. Oh, the top. Yeah. But, I mean, isn't it all one piece? No. Oh. The pad know. is different, I think. Um, oh, it definitely is oh, different. Oh, no, it is different. Yeah, you're right, you're right. It is different because... Um, so, uh, long story short, like I, it, even after I got that one cluster out and I reached in to push out the other ones, I had to use so much force to get... Uh, all the rest of them out and of course like they recommend that you remove the steering wheel in order to get the tack out and i didn't have the tools to do that uh because it requires i think it requires like a 23 millimeter or something like that Um, yeah big ass socket yeah and but also like you have to it was just more trouble than i wanted to go through just to replace these bulbs uh and so um I'd read like that some people were able to get the tack out without removing the steering wheel. And so I like, I really contorted like the dash pad to get it out. Cause that's oh. what they said you should try to do if you don't want to remove the steering wheel. And, um, so I got it out, but I heard something. It was, this was laziness on my part. Like I should have just like waited because I'm going to change out the steering wheel anyways for a prototipo. Um, but um, I heard like a snap somewhere, um, and I think I might have broken like a tab in the um, uh, the steering wheel column cover. Mm. Um, but it's still intact and it's fine. Like so. Anyway, so I have it, it takes me an hour to get all the gauges out. I replace them. It, the replacing the bulbs are insanely simple. Like uh, you. You already see one of them dangling under your dash. It literally yeah. is it's a Christmas, it's a Christmas light. light. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just a Christmas light. Um, so, but it's really bright. It's fine. Now I know, like, now I know if I ever have to get, uh, I've, like, I can cut out, like, uh, at least an hour and a half uh, of uh, effort uh, to get the, the clusters out. Yeah. Do you think they're looser now that they're, that you've done it once? Um, no. Because, like one of them I put back in slightly crooked and I tried to get it back out and I had to like remove a series of clusters so I could one by one uh, push them out until I got back to that one that was crooked. So, um, Oh wow. That's, it's really annoying. Um, but I've only taken out the clock. If people don't know the dials are kind of like aeronautic dials, like Mm -hmm. you would have in an airplane, like each one is a self-contained like glass faced, clock dial and your tack is one there's there's five you've seen you know the iconic layout every the water-cooled 911s kind of emulate the look but they kind of are overlapping and behind you know one piece of plastic clear but on the old 911s it's like five dials yep you know each self-contained and uh so i've taken out the clock i used like which i'm sure you read like I was able to use like a, a screwdriver with like a towel mm-hmm. or something to yeah. like pry it without like damaging it and pulled out. I used like trim tools, which are like dedicated, oh, yeah. Yeah. dedicated to like uh, not marring um, up mm-hmm. your dash. And 
like I kept increasingly like you I like I would uh use one wasn't enough use like the bigger one until I like I was able to nudge it like a millimeter mm-hmm. uh the clock because that's where I tried to start mm-hmm. and like it just they would not budge uh I should have greased it up a little bit before uh putting them back in but it was already dark so I did this like I started when it was daylight and like it eventually got dark because I didn't think it was going to take that long. And so I'm just sitting in the driveway with like my iPhone light uh, <laughs> shining in the cabin, of course, is just completely pitch black. Um, because you also don't have a dome light. I don't have a dome light. So that's one of the, I mean, those are small things, but like my dome switch doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and my glove box light, which I had no idea there was, that there was, it's so weird because uh, just Porsche decided to utilize the real estate on like the real estate underneath the dashboard for so many things because it's like an adaptation of an old dashboard from mm-hmm. the 60s uh, and so there are like a bunch of switches one that I don't know what it does uh, I'll have to ask you about this um, and then there's also like which switch it's underneath the speedo um I I have head headlight washers. You don't, so you don't have a switch like on the dash face, mm-hmm. but right under the dash, like the cliff, basically, um, where all the switches are. Um, there's like a little rocker, uh, and I have no idea what it does. That's not the mirror switch. Nope, that's on the other side. That's driver's side. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um. So I've flipped it. It does nothing. So, I mean, I'm sure like a lamp in someone's house is flipping on and off. And that's not the rear wiper switch. Maybe it is. Why, why, why would I have it? Because I, I don't have a rear wiper. <laughs> like then, I love that you're asking this. I have one and I don't have a rear wiper. Do you? Mm-hmm. Where is it? It's green. Oh. It's this green switch. I don't think it's this one. I think it's it's like... It faces you. You can see it online. Oh, no. I think it's like between two of the clocks. Nope. That is my um, uh, washer oh. thing. I also like had no idea where the inter- intermittent wiper thing was. Like, So it was raining the other day, and it was just like on or off, and... I'm like looking for where it would be on a modern car. Like, oh, there's your first mistake. I know. Yeah, I was like, is there like a ring or something that you can twist, adjust? And I didn't realize until today that it's like, okay, so there's the wiper sock where you think it would be, and then there's your dashboard mm-hmm. where buttons are, um, and way above the speedometer. Yeah. <laughs> in between the speedometer and the clock is a little tiny knob. Um, it's a knob that sticks out. You would think that you would hold this to reset your tripodometer, but instead you twist it and it's the intermittent wiper. Yep. And I discovered this literally in March of this year. <laughs> and I've had the car for two years. I mean, here's the thing, it's marked and I've never noticed it. Like, uh, Well, it's not intuitive because you twist it and it just work. It turns the wiper once and then you turn it clockwise to increase the duration between wipes yeah i don't i didn't even try it out like so i honestly it It does work like you can turn it all the way to the right until it gets to the you know you can Mm. turn it all the way clockwise until it gets to the end and then it will be like a 20 second duration between wipes, and then you can shorten it okay you know all the way back to the click okay that's that's actually surprisingly uh, nice for these old cars because I think it is. I had a Mazda once that like did not have variable uh, intermittent wipers. It was just like a setting. So this actually has like some variability. Yeah, it's actually the most variability I've like ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Um, and anyway, so I'm discovering new things every day that you would otherwise like be like it'd be intuitive in mm-hmm. any other car. Um, but I'm excited that I, I have like so many things on order right now. Um, Mm. just little like dumb things, but, Mm. um, I do have my, my, uh, Blaupunkt, uh, radio coming in from Lithuania. Um, it's so cool. 
Yeah, because my car came with like a really bad aftermarket like head unit that has it like it flashes multicolors. Like it's just the cheapest thing that you could buy. Like although I mean like you don't really have a lot of choice. I feel like in the aftermarket world, like none of them are attractive. They are all terrible, which I don't yeah. understand. Are like are we still like in this mindset that like if you buy an aftermarket radio, you want it to look different? Because what's the point of replacing your stock radio i think their priorities are very wrong in the industrial design world of aftermarket stereos in europe they're great like i like they have very discreet looking aftermarket radios but it's in the united states where we need like this flash and dance like yeah do you remember the oled ones that would have animations like in the early 2000s why like why did was that necessary it was just so silly i i don't know it was I can tell you personally, for mm-hmm. me, <clears throat> it was because I was, you know, as a poor college student, and I was like, if I'm going to buy a radio, like, I had a CD player. I had yeah. a very nice-looking Alpine yeah. in my first car. It was so nice. And it stopped reading CDs, yeah. which is all I used. Yeah. And so I had to replace it. So I was like, well, I'm going to get one that has, like, if I'm going to buy something I already own, I wanted to at least have more capabilities. So I got one that had like MP3 CDs and it had the animations. It was a pioneer. Oh and I felt God. like I was getting something better because I didn't really care how the, I don't know. It was just cool. It was a cool gimmick. I didn't I, really care how it looked in the cabin, I guess. I replaced, um, I had an aftermarket unit in the Mazda and I looked then to for, and this was, like, I don't even know how long ago it was, like, uh, but I looked for the most discreet thing I could find, and there was this Kenwood um, that had, like, two knobs and the most basic display. I needed, it had Sirius and other features, too, so it wasn't, like, super basic, but it was the most simple-looking thing I could find, and I actually wouldn't have minded using that one in this car, but anyways, um, but any aftermarket uh, stereo looks not right in this car. So I found, so it's also really dumb that, uh, the prices have gone up for, uh, the OEM, like the, the ones that would have come from the factory. So there would have been blah punks, uh, as well. Uh, I think this one came with a Monterey, blah punk Monterey. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like between four and $800 for what is probably a very subpar, yeah radio so there's this uh ebay dealer in lithuania who has a bunch of like vintage um blah punk stereos from that era and this one isn't model correct for it's era correct but it's not model correct um but the cool thing is um they solder in bluetooth uh streaming hands-free and an aux uh jack um and it's all contained within the unit and the unit looks uh factory and so, you're paying a fraction of what you pay and it's a the, fraction yeah yeah that's it, really cool i would if i didn't already have like yeah my solution i would definitely do that i'm a little nervous because i'm not like too familiar with like car like aftermarket car audio but um i discovered like an amp underneath the passenger seat mm-hmm. uh the other day and I'm pretty sure it's not factory. I don't think they had, um, like, I don't think they had good audio in these cars back in the day. It was just not like a thing. Um, but, um, so I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to be able to do this myself or I'm going to have to take it in. Um, because I'm sure it does not have the, uh, same wiring harness that, uh, it came with from the factory. Cause I think it would just plug and play otherwise, but this is probably spliced to hell and yeah, whatever else. Mine came with a Blaupunk that was also wrong for the car. Yeah. It might have been wrong for the era, too. I think it was wrong for the era. Yours would have had... I think you maybe could have gotten a digital like um, like ra- uh, like radio station display, but your era... Because I looked this up for your car, because um, they have uh, a, like a manual tune mm-hmm. version with Bluetooth that you can get. And I talked to you about this, and no one is going to be able to picture this at all but uh on the newer stereos after the uh, like so basically the bob punks that they put in um are flush with the dash 
like the faceplate is flush with the dash. Um, and that's fine. Like it kind of works in that sense, but the original design, <laughs> the original stereos that went in were like, so if you look at the climate control, it's like a little bit recessed, like there's a tray. Uh, and the radio was also designed like that. So like the buttons and the dial um, were like recessed into like this kind of tray bezel. Um, so it looked like it looked like it was actually designed yeah. versus like adapted like everything else after like 1978, basically. Um, anyway, yeah, I, it's not that I, uh, I didn't want to put like a high priority on the stereo because I just, I don't care that much, but I do want like, yeah, it's there. Um, it it, it bothered me a little bit that the, uh, you can't get a radio blank. I would have other been wise been kind of okay with a radio blank and just getting a Bluetooth amp or something, but uh, I'm like a little bothered that like the plastics don't match. Yeah, a little bit. So, um, yeah. So I'll get this one like in December sometime. Okay. Um, right around the corner. Right around the corner. Um. Yeah, so that's that, and I think when we go to Radwood, which we'll talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. I think you, both of us are going to drop off our cars at um, a local shop to have some things done. Uh, I I want to get uh, my shifter upgraded, mm-hmm. so I think I'm going to do a Ren, uh, Ren Shift 1. Um, I've been dying to do this, too, because... Uh, the car came with the most hideous um, <laughs> shift knob, and I cannot get it off. Like, it is stuck on there. Um, it's either, like, it's epoxied or something. So, luckily, with, like, the run shift kit, like, they replaced, like, the whole stock with yeah. the knob. So, I'm just, I'm thinking I'm going to do, like, a matte black, anodized black. Um, I want it to be kind of discreet and not mm-hmm. there. Um, so, it'll just be anodized, like, this stock and then the knob itself um because you have uh stainless right Mm -hmm. is it the stock also stainless or is it um stock the stick portion the stick is black okay Um, i have the j west ren shift kit which is a an alternative to the wevo shifter Mm. um it was recommended by my shop, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Um, I and so I just I have the knob that they produce. Yeah. Because, uh, my factory one cracked in three days because it was <laughs> the shifter became so much stiffer and I put too much force on the shitty plastic knob and it cracked. <laughs> so, uh, I have their like their proprietary knob just because yeah. I knew it would install. Like I maybe could have tried other ones, but I do. I do like the weight, like it, it is heavier than a balsa wood knob, but I yeah. like that it has the weight like in the throw and everything. You know that shitty plastic knob Porsche like now, like I think remakes them and it's like $98. Oh my God. It's such a very garbage. bad like knob. Yeah. I mean the old, like my old shifter, the stick was so floppy Yeah, that you could, if you you know, used force like it, the shit. The the stick would just bend. <laughs> it just wasn't rigid. And then yeah. when you have like a rigid uh, shifter, yeah, it's like that knob, which, knob, which is by the way not screwed in. It's held in with a crush washer. Yeah, it's pressure fit basically, uh, or tension fit with yeah. this washer, and you have to use a hammer to get um, it off. Like the, just the operation of if it breaks, it comes off pretty easy. Yeah, like apparently. every third shift. Yep. Well, that's just that, like, so I'm getting used to uh, a 915 transmission, and, like, the nuances are plenty uh, as far as how to use it, because there's no proper way to use it. It's just, it's literally just feel like you have to, the like, getting first to second is the hardest, um, mm-hmm. and the car just has to feel like it's the time for it's <laughs> it's time to slot into second you can't force it it won't allow you to shift quickly right um so when i first got the car like i was trying to shove it into second like with as much force as i could because like it sometimes like i guess i was shifting too fast and 
the stars were not aligned. And so, um, but now I'm getting used to it. You shift out of first, um, park the car, go, go to sleep, wake up the next morning and then shift into second. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then continue on from there. The other gears are fine. Like you can kind of time those almost like a modern car. Yeah. But it's first to second is horrid. Yeah. I um, still sometimes like grind just from shifting from first to second too fast. Like yeah. it slots in, but it just makes a yeah. bad sound. And I'm yeah. like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice like warning buzzer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm, this has the factory short shift kit, which, uh, like the mechanic who did the PPI was like, yeah, it's a short shift kit. Like all that means is you have a lot less leverage to like get it into gear. So. <laughs> it still has no spring lockout for first <laughs> nope. and second. <laughs> nope. Um, so I'm looking forward to like upgrading it just for like a, like a little more precision. I mean, a lot more precision. I yeah. think. So, um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, I'm hoping that they'll be able to do it. Um, I'm going to ask them tomorrow and we leave for Radwood on, Friday? Well, you're actually on Tuesday. Thursday. Thursday. I'm okay. going out Thursday. Okay. Um, yeah. So you're going up on Thursday um, to shoot something. Shoot some stuff. Shoot some stuff. I'm going up on Friday. Um, and we'll be at Radwood LA, which is at the Peterson this year, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's exciting. They're, I know they're going to bring, I mean, I, like whatever, the, the Peterson has some rad stuff yeah. so i know i think they're going to try and show the xj220 and Ooh. the and the eb110 yeah that they yeah. have that's which cool. is cool yeah, i mean red was cool. not about supercars but it's like the supercars are cool to ha- like it's a cool to have those are iconic though yeah those are iconic and you never get to see those and those are like no. those are supercars that are just special and it's like the epitome of the they theme are. of redwood i don't know that i've ever seen an eb um AB110? Yeah. AB110. Uh, I couldn't think of it for a second. I'm um, pretty sure that's the only one I've ever seen. Really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I did see it at uh, the Peterson. If, I don't know if they had it out. They might not have had it out. Yeah. Uh, but Blake that, let me sit in it. Ooh. <laughs> lucky. Um, yeah. I would... I really want to see that. But I, that's so cool, though, that the Peterson is also going to be participating. Yeah. And the uh, SJ220 was owned by Heinz Harold Frensen, Formula One driver from the 90s. That's cool. Yeah. Um, a, like, what color is it? Is it? It's dark blue, just like that blue. other one that you've seen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The one that, like, floats around Houston and that I've, I've sat in once just randomly. Yeah. Um, and I saw it in Monterey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for this. I've got my outfit, which you saw downstairs. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm stoked too. I'm not, <laughs> shouldn't be stoked that I'm not working, but I'm, I'm not, uh, shooting it for anyone mm-hmm. and, um, we could get to that, <laughs> but, uh, so I'm just excited and just enjoy it and just hang around and, um, yeah, we'll do some cool LA stuff. The last... The last time I was in LA, I was like, I was not feeling it. I, w- I had a great time. I got to see Jeff. I got to see Derek. I got to see Steven. But uh, I was just like ready to get out of there. Well, uh, and, this is, and this will be a short trip. Yeah. This will be a nice short trip. Um, we always stay for too long, I think. Um, well, so this time we don't have to worry. This yeah. is this will just be, the right. Yeah, this is just the right amount of time. Just to like enjoy the city, do the thing, enjoy the city for like another day and then yeah. go home. Yeah. Um, so, which actually, I mean, I like going, I love going to LA for, um, various types of visits. Um, but I never plan things like, right. I always think I need like more time, more clothes. I'm going to pack light this time. Um, I have to pack light cause we're, are you, me and Chris are going to be driving the 911 T. Oh, don't want to um, ruin the lightweightness. <laughs> they didn't shave like the weight off that glass for nothing. Right, right. right. It's like eight, nine, ten pounds lighter. Yeah. Um, I actually like the 911T. I like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I know that you're maybe less keen on it. Yeah. Um, but I like it. I think it's a really neat idea. Even if it, it practically speaking, it gives you probably negligible benefits, but... Um, it's an interesting exercise. Uh, I just, I just, I'm eager to be convinced. I just don't love these turbocharged 
flat sixes and one with oh, the garnish. Whole, that's, yeah, but, but that's the, another one with the garnish of lighter weight doesn't yeah. seem. It's a, it's a, I don't know. It's dialing it back a little. Like that's uh, the once this is one step forward where the engines are kind of one step back just in terms of configuration. Mm-hmm. It's a better engine by all means. Like it will propel the car to speeds much faster and greater than uh, in <laughs> previous. <laughs> you just like <laughs> Kevin every once in a while just like finds himself like whole mouth grazing the microphone. Um, which and this, is, this stubble really emphasizes the sound. Yeah, disgusting to watch. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. Wait, so will I be there when you have the car? Um, maybe. as in like a timeline. Maybe. Okay, because I wouldn't. I would not mind just taking a peek at it. Okay. Um, if time permits. For you. So Chris and I saw the car. This is Chris when, Perkins. Chris Perkins. When we when we returned the 918, we saw like they have oh, like really? their. So this would be this one, same one. They, yeah, like the the company that handles the loans. Okay. They store all these cars, and they had you know all these things, and yeah. there was like a. Chris Chris was like, it'll be. He's like, there was a GT3 Touring, but he's like, <gasps> oh, it's a good. It, this 911T is a story you want to do. Yeah. I have to resist the temptation of, oh, of the touring. Man. But that would know. be cool too. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you decided where you might shoot it? Yeah, we're going to go to Joshua Tree. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to go. Like, I'm going to get in Thursday night. We're going to drive out there like Thursday night. Okay. And then uh, shoot all day Friday. Nice. Come back to the city Friday night. Okay. Cool. Um,. And uh, you are not touring anything this trip. I'll be touring. I'll, I'll have a Toro. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be bumming with you. I just I it's didn't, fine. didn't plan. I, I didn't I didn't want to like make a big thing. I kind of wanted to just like get in and get out. And yeah, yeah. I kind of did too. Like we should we should uh, on totally unrelated. We should go to the Broad. Yeah, yeah. I love the Broad. Yeah, let's do it. I've never been. It's a really cool museum. And it's, I mean, the architecture, like the yeah. building itself is just so cool. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's the same exhibits. I'm sure it's changed since the last time I was there. But um, yeah, let's totally do it. It, the line, I remember, uh, can be very long. So we can okay, probably we can, plan it's not this. A, it's not a must do. we plan do. this offline? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I'm bringing up my laptop right now. We'll yeah, plan it right yeah. now. No, it's funny. Is I was going to, like, I was, when we were there, uh, when I was there in October, we had, Driven back, we stayed at the Standard yeah. downtown, and mm-hmm. it was with when we had the 918 and mm-hmm. the Panamera still in my car. Yeah, and Standard I, nice. It was nice. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. I thought about staying there for that one day. And then uh, we're actually going to stay there Friday night again because it's like the Hearst preferred oh, hotel. Get the f out because I I thought about booking a room there really uh, for that Friday night that I'm up. really yeah, but I'm staying at the Line instead. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um, so, yeah, it was so it was like the Tuesday morning we had or no Wednesday morning we mm-hmm. were done with our shoot uh, with the cars, and Chris and Andrew were gonna go to the airport and I was gonna go do whatever for two or three days in yeah. L.A. and uh, but it was like so I was we were there so I could have just you know left my car parked at the hotel yeah. and gone to the road on Thursday Wednesday morning yeah. but. Um, they're like, oh, do you want to go and see the other 918 that we have that's at the storage place yes. or at the, the car fleet place? And I was like, yes, I do. Yes, yes <laughs> so I do. We did. <laughs> so we saw the other 918, which is blue. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. It was yeah. fun. It was cool to, to hang out with them for like one you know, last thing. And that's yeah. when we saw the 911 T and the touring. And yeah. They had like a ZR1 there and a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. That's actually, I think, the only ZR1 I've seen up close. It's not very good looking. What, what was it doing there? Or is it... They they have all different manufacturer uh, fleet. They don't like to use the term fleet, but it's like yeah. they handle vehicle loans for okay. a set number of manufacturers, and they just have gotcha. a bunch of stuff there. I gotcha. Um, well, and they also manage Porsche's own 918s and like GT2 RS, which are not necessarily fleet. I mean, I guess they are technically part of this right. fleet, but they're not like normal loans. They do they what they do mostly is like appearances or stuff like that okay, like promotional yeah. things yeah 
but they kind of handle cleaning and maintaining the cars. Okay. Um, so you'll be picking it up from there in theory. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know the details yet. Yeah. Um, well, let's try to meet up on Friday night if we'll you guys be, are. Yeah, we'll be getting back. We'll be at the standard. We'll probably, we can get a drink yeah. there. Yeah. Let's coordinate. Let's coordinate that. Okay. Um, you talk to my people. I'll talk to your people. Uh, which just means we'll text each other. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, I'm looking forward. So I think it. I think this will be a, like a really fun event. Yeah, I'm. I'm super stoked. I think it'll be a great Redwood. It's, the location's so much better. It's better than Anaheim. It's gonna be cool. The question is, um, I guess they're gonna use the garage to house uh visitor cars or like the cars are showing. So the cars that people are bringing. So, which means that there will be no actual parking for visitors coming, which would be kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's street side parking at the Peterson, but there's not, there's not, not really a much. lot. Yeah, Not so, much. Um, I don't know. I, they might... Bradley told me that they... I don't know. I don't want to go too much into it, but he said that they were not able to have as many, like, display cars as they wanted yeah so they might so maybe it's like maybe they have to use half the garage for uh, spectators that still is not going to be yeah barely anything so i'm kind of curious yeah. we'll be ubering there right or Lyft. oh yeah yeah there's no way we're going to be yeah hunting and pecking for parking um <laughs> i really wish like oh man we we've, we've had because usually when kevin and i go to LA we'll each have a car and we'll drive separately everywhere because it's fun to drive your own car um because that's half of the purpose of the trip anyways uh and yeah remember it's like parallel parking in Venice in Venice with like two cars and just how annoying I mean you guided me into a spot that was four (laughs) four and a half inches larger than that Z4M coupe I was driving yep yep uh i remember that um yeah so this time it'll be more reasonable because we'll have one car um and also we'll be ubering to the event yeah uh, yeah so that would be fine and i'm touring a um 981 boxster and for no other reason that uh it, there was nothing else interesting on. What about that PT Cruiser with the autom- <laughs> with the manual? That is true. You did show me that, but unfortunately, I've already booked. Um, I've already booked this okay. car. Yeah, Chris really... Perkins asked me what we were touring because okay. I said we were going to share something. Yeah. By which I mean I was going to be bumming rides. Yeah. And uh, he was like, and I, he said, "What is it?" And I said, "Oh, we haven't." Chris hasn't decided because I didn't know. Yeah. And uh, so he sent me. The, the Karma Regera. Oh, my God. Yeah. Karma Regera. Rega, Reg, Karma Regresso. Re, regresso. Regresso. That's not what it is. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Regera is that stupid Conic Sig. Yeah. I don't like Conic Sig. Anyway, yeah, the, there's the... Um, I, yeah, the Karma and, and, and the PT Cruiser with the manual, which is that pretty is cool. That is true. I don't think I could live with the PT Cruiser for like more than... A handful of hours. No, 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 no. Blake had one already. And, and he it returned was, it early. It was terrible. It yeah, was he so returned, boring. Like, that's just it. Like, it was ugh. just very mediocre. The irony wears off in like a quarter yeah. of a mile. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it wears off as soon as you book it. Um, and there's your spectacle. You no, know, I was digging up a picture from that trip from 2015 when our friend Jeff and our friend Blake. Friend of the show, frequent guest, not frequently aired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when uh, we were there in LA and we had the three of us, we had a Hellcat, an SC430, and the PT Cruiser. And we went, we, we had them together like once, and it was amazing. That was amazing. I, we, we could have maybe next trip we'll do a Toro challenge thing and just rent something and not tell each other. Because um, we did that sort of the last time for. Did we? Yeah, I think when you rented that R one hundred seven, and then I rented the four C. Oh yeah, because um, I don't think I knew what you rented. That was Luft last year, right? Luftgekult, uh, twenty seventeen. Yes, twenty seventeen. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because this time we had the Z4 and the 718. Yeah. Um, this is a, like, this 981 is a non-choice. Like, it, it, I'm not making a choice with this car. There's just nothing is in the same. Is it a PDK? No, it's manual. Oh, that's cool. It's manual. Actually, I've never driven a manual 981. I've driven a PDK one. Um, so, and earlier this year I had that 718, which is mm-hmm. manual. So, this, I'm just going to get the full tour of. There's a Boxster Spider. Like it's all that. These are really expensive. Seven. This was cheap. Yeah, it was expensive. This was cheap. This was that's like cool. well under a hundred dollars. And so, oh, like, that's good. This is the most interesting thing, like under a hundred dollars. Um, there was at one point a um Focus RS, and then like when I went to look for it again, it was gone. Um, that would have been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted, of course, like it would have been great to have rented like a Radwood thing, but um, either. People have planned well ahead, and they're all like all the good ones are gone or like super expensive. Yeah. Um, but there was nothing interesting, so I'm I'm kind of disappointed this at this batch of LA Toro or LA Toro batch. Like there isn't anything really yeah. interesting to rent. Yeah. Um. So there we go. Basic transport. You get front trunk. I'll get back trunk. Okay, that works out well. Excellent. Don't pack too heavily now. Um. <laughs> I won't because I accidentally uh, booked United Economy and I did not realize that this was a thing now that um, like they've gone Spirit Airlines on their ticket uh, ticket leveling. So I just chose like the cheapest fare on United and I didn't realize that what that meant was that I cannot have a carry-on. What? I can have a personal item but I cannot have a carry-on, or I can pay like $30, which I probably will, Yeah. Um, because it's just a hassle otherwise. Oh, and I can't, uh, I'm almost certain that I cannot even send luggage without paying. So it's really stupid, um, and now I have to pay attention. I guess the next time I book a flight in United. You should just get the mileage plus credit card just to use for flights. Probably, yeah. Seriously, because I only have a free, you, I don't know if it, you, I'm sure you get a free carry-on, because you get a free check back. Yeah. I might as well, because I only ever fly United. Um, I Wait. end up always. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, when Yeah. I couldn't choose my seat. I could choose it on the way up, but I couldn't choose it on the return flight. So uh, I don't know how that's going to work. We may be seated um, no. separately. I know. That'll be that's like terrible. really dumb. That's the, only, that's the only reason why we got the same return flight. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can't like somehow select my seat but um yeah so that'll be done if you um, call them i bet they would let you yeah yeah it wouldn't let me do it online i had to pay the uh, to, for the trip up i had to pay uh nine dollars to select my seat oh and, and then you didn't have the option to pay nine dollars and, the and they back. said like sorry not available for your like steerage class like ticket wow so, that's pretty bad yeah it's really it's just so convoluted this process now like anyways whatever um yeah so la i look looking forward to it yeah well hopefully we can record some some stuff yeah we're hoping to record just like some snippets of observations and stuff well you know when we run into people we'll like maybe record like a segment yeah uh, or a few with Mm -hmm. some people if we can if the audio is not bad um it will be it will be maybe we can find like a car like someone will let us sit in the car and record or something. Yeah. Um, let's sneak into that EB110 and record in there. Okay. No one will be looking at that. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're at the 50 mark. So shall we go into literature singular, which is still literature because I did not bring anything. Um, We're in your house. What do you mean bring anything? Uh, I could pull out something if you want. Why don't you start with yours? Uh, whatever you bring will probably be pretty terrible. Yeah. Swedish. It'll be bad. Okay. That's really far. You have to get up. Why did you put it all the way over there? Because you were still bringing up the table of stuff when I moved it over there. Why did you put it on top of the tambour of the desk? It's not a surface. It's a cover. It's paper. It's fragile. Oh, my God. That's that's a George Nelson Action Office 1 desk, Kevin. They don't make any more. It's from the 1960s. Oh, my God. 
We're going to have to wait for Kevin to put like his cans back on. You're going to cut this out, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have with me a 1995 BMW 5 Series brochure. Ooh. E34. E34. The final year of the E34. And, you know, as you know, there was no 1996 5 Series. Mm-hmm. Again, I feel like this, this Helvetica, it's so good. It's always so good. It's good. Like, these classic BMW brochures, um... They're as good as the cars were and as bad as the cars are now. Yep, yep, yep. Do they even still use Helvetica now? They probably use their own, like, some garbage font of their own. Very likely. I'm gonna... I realize it's a visual thing, but, like, this paragraph, the way that it's set is is so good and so cool. And then this, how it's just, like, a perfect hierarchy just through spacing I agree. and color. And no, like, there's no, no marks how, or numbering or bullets or they anything didn't, to divide it. It's just, it's just... They weren't tempted to fully justify the text. Which, right. But then at that point, maybe it would have been manually typeset? Like, I guess they would have had um, desktop publishing software. Um, look at that. That's a good photo. It is a good photo. It's a little blown out here, Where but like see. it's real. Yeah. I, th- this text is a little too close to the edges for my I was about liking. to say, I hate the tension. Yeah. Like there with the photo and the page edge. See, this? they should have used this size text with yeah. that amount of margin. I agree. So we're looking at like, a, we're looking at spreads and they. it's kind of odd that they did the paragraphs styles differently between pages. I guess that's kind of an introductory. Anyway, so we're looking at, yeah. this is an LCI um version i don't think they actually had lci back then um but it has like the thicker grill and etc Ooh, that e34 wagon looked really good it did look really good this definitely looks like a like early days photoshop like color shift to green. oh yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like okay so when we started this godforsaken podcast mm-hmm. i looked up like i was looking up something and there was like it went from i think i think the wide kidneys started on the E34, on just the V8 models, and then they moved to all of them after the oh, LCI. Oh, yeah. The wide kidneys, which I prefer just because that's what I grew up with. Yeah. I like that, too. It balances off. like the. It was a different hood. It was a different hood. Like That's a lot of like It's a lot, of, it's a lot but, of effort for something that no people notice. Might I add, like they've done that in the past, too, like with the E90, like, say, for instance, where they had like the mustache, like, so the beans uh were would go cut into the hood like yeah the hood except on the pre-lci they just applied like chrome like chrome mustaches we talked about this yeah we talked about, it was a more futurist vision of the kidneys it was because that was what was on like the z9 concept yeah. and this was like a chris bengalian yeah. Attempt. And then they and went to a more conventional thing on the LCI. Yeah, but they just they did what made sense. Like honestly, it, I don't think it worked. Um at least not on the E90. Uh where they like then they made it they basically just instead of making the grill two piece that separated with the grill, they just made it one piece and then they like redid the hood. Um to just be the hood instead of a hood and a grill, half grill. Anyways, continue on with your brochure. I'm just saying I support the Bengal vision because the stuff that came after, not the E90, but in general has been I agree. not good. Look how, oh man, look at this. This, uh, this red. Ooh. They I have to have a photo like showing, look, they show the, the Hoffmeister King. They don't call it out, but they show it. They say form and function. Let me see. Oh yeah, look at that. As opposed to on the new three series where they've tried to hide that it has a Hoffmeister kink. You've got your fog lamp detail. Oh, wow. In this photo, everything is absolutely frozen still, but the wheels are spinning like it's going 50 miles an hour. Was that early Photoshop too? Was it the yes. same one? Ow, sorry. No. What year is that? It's, I thought it said on the front. It is blank. 
Oh. Well, this one it says on the inside cover. Oh, these interior photos are amazing. I mean, it looks like there's like 10 different little light sources. And then you got your wagon photo. Was this in your brochure? This photo? I know they reuse photos from year to year. But this that one. was, I think. Um, but I think I also have like an, a dedicated E34 wagon brochure as well. But that's so cool, too, that it had dual sunroofs back then. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, look at this interior photo. Like, look how many little, like, pop, like little light sources there are. Oh, I know. And that's classic. Like, they just did that. They did that across the range, I think. So, basically, like, you're looking at, like, an interior, an exterior photo of the car, but it has all the doors open, and it's so, like, glamour shots lit. Yeah. Uh, the interior with, like, no, it, it, there's no light source that exists in this world that would actually, like, cast that type of light, but... There's just something with, like, these old-school brochures that, um, it feels so much better than the best brochures now, where I think it's just maybe too focused. Ooh, there we go. Um, like, I don't know. That looks like a brochure. The new ones don't look like, like, brochures. That's the wrong way to put it, but, like, I just don't like the new, the new brochures. I don't know what they look like, but... They're just like they have pictures of like, new cars that truck. Like here's the things that like I love that um they don't go full bleed crazy with imagery and whatnot, which mm -hmm. I feel like is more of a new brochure type. It does thing. seem it seems so restrained yeah. and good, but yeah, this brochure actually was what like this was the brochure they gave my dad when he oh, was really? buying the car. The actual one or yeah. oh wow cool yeah that's amazing that he kept it. He kept it and gave it to me Whoa. and I have it. And here it is. So what year is that? 95? 95. Look at that. That's cool. So I walked off a second ago to just fish out a brochure from behind the sofa, and uh, I decided to go with... There are no sofas in this room. Uh, Carry on. Fine. Um, and what maybe would have been a competitor to the 5 Series at that time. Which sub is it? It is the Volvo S80. Whoa, okay, this is an E39 competitor. This is like O1s. Uh, so I think the S80 would have been late 2000s. So, yeah, yeah, it would have been um E39 competitor, but same class of car. Um, so I don't know what year this is from, but I remember getting this from a dealership. Um, look at this. Look at the lifestyle. The people look at these Nordic, or this these Scandinavian um, models. Um, so this has the, I think this is like from early two thousand. Oh, I really like like. Do you remember this when the S eighty came out? Um, yes. That's like the rear Ooh, or the belt really line. Cool, that's a really cool photo. Yeah, the belt line of the S eighty was such uh, or like a. Just a revolutionary, like, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Like, it was this little bit of drama in an otherwise, like, really discreet design. Um, and it's still kind of like a handsome thing today. I love the, I think it has a really great, like, a timeless dashboard. Um, I mean, it just has, like, so a million. So you're saying it has no clock? It has no clock. Okay. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is what timeless means, after all. Wait, 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 what's the, hold up, hold up the front and rear of the, bro, of the brochure, just the, no, 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 like, unfolded. Oh, you want to see it? <laughs> yes, it's the same photo. <laughs> it's the same photo of the back of the car, on the front it's and the back same, of the brochure. Because that's the best, that's the best part of the car, the rear end. Um, you're like, you're like the Wilson of Home Improvement, but a Volvo. <laughs> It's just like the front of the brochure is the rear of the car, like a just like a straight on rear picture of the rear of the car, and also like the back of the brochure is also the same except that it has a plate. The front, the the front cover That's does even not. Weirder. Whatever. That's so weird. Whatever. Look at this. This is this was such a handsome car back in the day. But how is the brochure? The, the typesetting. The typesetting. Do they is, still use this? Don't they still use this like font? Like the weird like. Uh, blocky. 
Yeah, that's the Volvo font, like just for like header text. It almost looks like Proxima or something uh, for the body. uh, Proxima is like knockoff Gotham. Yeah, well, it's like a little bit narrower. Um, Ooh, they have the Prestige model, the Elite. You could have a champagne refrigerator. In your Volvo S80. Look at that TV on the back of the headrest. Yeah. What do you think that is? 480 by 600 or yeah, something? Yeah, I think it's one pixel by one pixel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you could get the ultra luxurious model. All of these cars, by the way, were worth like $10,000 after one year. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but Volvos have just never had good reliability or good um, resale value or reliability for that matter. Because uh, my uh, family had nothing but Volvos. Uh and they were all uh, not that reliable. Uh, I, look at this. Do you get a phone in the dash? That is a keypad whoa. in the dash. So I, I'll tell you about the last time I rode in one of these. Yeah. Um, An S80? It, yeah. Ooh. It was like three years ago. I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And yeah. We, we were so remote. We were outside of Charlotte. We couldn't. We were in Mooresville where all yeah. the NASCAR teams were based. And we couldn't get a Uber. So we called... Someone was like at a desk. Was like, oh, call this number. And this guy came, and he was like a non-Uber, Uber, Uber. Whoa. like an off-the-grid Uber because his car was too old to be Uber. Yeah, and he had an S80. Wow, it was very weird. He was part of the like. It was very dirty. Oh no! Well, yeah, none of these cars like survive intact with like um, any semblance of what they used to be when they rolled off the line. Look, you get it. I didn't know that you get it with cloth. Also. Isn't that weird? Like, look at the seat. This is the front seat. The photo of it just well, floating? Yeah, it's also, like, it's just like a thick, like, seat. That's, how, that's what a seat looks like. You're just not used to seeing it on this a weird white a background. thick seat, two Cs on that thick. And look at that, like, scrotal, that scrotal sack down the hair. Cut all of this out. <laughs> it's just kind of like this rouged pocket. Yeah. I, I hate that. I hate rouged pockets. You know, rouged leather, like, it's gathered leather. Only this is like a leather pocket. Supple. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Oh, look at this. If you got got the built-in cellular telephone, you could also get a built-in headset. Wait, 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 wait. Look how many CDs are in that changer. It's like all the CDs in the world. It's a 10-disc CD changer. Oh, my God. It's like vomiting 10 CDs. That is luxurious. Lug. Do you, even, do you even own 10 CDs? No. I've never owned 10 CDs cumulatively throughout my whole life. Oh, the red is called Ruby Red Metallic. And really? Just like Porsche. Uh, and it's the color that doesn't look good on any of the G models, unfortunately. I When it finally came time to like... Um, when it finally came time, like the, the, when good cars during my search, mm-hmm. uh, so many ruby red metallic cars popped up, mm-hmm. and like I really tried to make myself like that color, yeah, because like they were there, and I just wanted the search to be over with because it'd just been going on for so long, um, but I couldn't do it, I yeah. just couldn't, even though I like that it basically looks like Arena Red, and I do like Arena Red on some applications but um it just did not look good on a g model yeah we should take the cars to uh that parking garage again oh yeah we should with the spirally yeah there's a cool ass um spiral garage like old school spiral garage and you can get some cool angles going um but yeah anyways i think that might be a podcast Seeing how we are coming up on hour three. Um, <laughs> at least that's what it always seems like when we end this ordeal. Yeah. Um, Especially once you cut out the scrotal stuff, it'll nope. bring it down from four hours to three. This is, we're going to work that into the title somehow. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, do you want to take us out? Yeah. <laughs> Please uh, check out the Instagram, new for 96 where you can see pictures of all of these brochures if we upload them. And uh, look for a new update about Radwood. Yeah. And I hope to see it. you there, listener. Yeah. Uh, if you see us, 
disproportionately height mismatched pair yep. of people. <laughs> I'm uh, Danny DeVito. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> we'll be dressed as twins. <laughs> I ruined. Oh my god! I think that I just ruined so the surprise. That would be so good. That would be horrible. Oh my god. Uh, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Um. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.